0: Welcome to Viva La Volva, the podcast that explores and teaches about the goodness of the vulva. Here is your host, Dr. Kara Quant, an internal medicine doctor and advocate for female sexual health.
1: Hello, and welcome to the Viva La Volva podcast. I am your host, Dr. Kara Quant, and I would like to thank you for joining me for this episode. Um, today, we are actually, um, I'm going to be bringing you a podcast that I recorded earlier um, with Francesca Seydin. Um She was my co-curator for the last uh, art exhibit in San Francisco, and she has a podcast called Sex, Magic, and Dessert. Um, you can find it on Anchor, um, and you can find it on other areas where they have uh, podcasts, Spotify, uh, iTunes. Um, so I want you guys to listen in to the podcast episode brought to you by Francesca Saden, And she was interviewing me about my... Uh, me creating the Viva La Volva podcast and creating Viva La Volva in general. Um, we talk all about um, actually female ejaculation and we talk about uh, what I do on a regular basis. So listen in. Bye.
0: Welcome back to Sex Magic and Dessert. I am your host, Francesca, and today's guest is Dr. Kara Quant. Dr. Quant is a very, very special person to me. Uh, she is an internal medicine physician and founder of Viva La Volva LA. Viva La Volva LA is a safe, engaging platform through art and medical expertise that normalizes the concept of female sexual health and wellness. And we have worked together um, on her last exhibit in San Francisco. And I was there at the first exhibit in Los Angeles in 2018. So we discuss today some of our favorite things, which is the basics of this podcast, Art and Sex. And healing sexual energy through creative and pleasurable practices. Um, something I've never heard of and I was very excited to dive into, which is uh, vulva readings, like palm readings, except for your vagina. And um, she also recommends lubes and. We get into the almighty hot topic, controversial topic of female ejaculation and the art of squirting, which is one of my favorite topics. So I hope you enjoy this educational and informative, open, funny, and kind of sexual relief During a time of um, social distancing and being quarantined and um, a virus that is global and spreading like wildfire and freaking everyone out. So um, in the midst of that, I am sure you have some time to spare and have a listen, have a laugh and learn some stuff about pussies. Hope you enjoy.
1: Your First, name. my name is. State, State, your, State your name and business. Dr. Kara Quant, and uh, my business is called Viva La Vulva, um, and I am an internal medicine doctor by training, um, and a I'm just going to consider myself a sexual medicine doctor, also, uh, more specifically, female sexual medicine doctor, um, because I want to empower women to experience pleasure more in their lives? Um... Mainly sexual, but also non-sexual pleasure.
0: Okay. Mm-hmm. Will you explain the difference between the two? Like, the, met- like the, <clears throat> the scientific and then the um, emotional, mental, spiritual aspect of it?
1: Oh, okay. Um, well, okay, the scientific side of pleasure... Um, well, more specifically, the clitoris is a anatomical part of our body and it's only used for one thing. There's no other purpose of the clitoris besides pleasure. So that's like number 1. Like we have access to pleasure on our body anytime we want and we can access it if we desire to. And there is many women that don't desire to just because there's a lot of shame an embarrassment around it. I mean, I know I, me growing up, I was ashamed about masturbation, whether it was yeah, self-masturbation. Um, and so I feel like it's important to for women to know that there is a part in their body that is only there for pleasure. So that's really it. It's only there for pleasure. Only there for pleasure. And there's eight thousand nerve endings in the clitoris. Right. And it's more than just what it looks like. So the little nub with the hood over it, that's like that's not all that it is. It looks like a
0: wishbone. What is wait, what's the proper term of the (laughs) nub? Um the
1: I mean it's called the clitoris. Um and the clitoral hood. Okay. Yeah um but what you can see of the clitoris is not all that it is it's also buried under the labia or the lips and it's kind of on both sides of it so it's larger than what we can actually see with our eye
0: okay mhm yeah so which means that but it, it, and so okay so we'll go let's circle back so and then then the spiritual emotional mental kind of side of of this of this yeah. is
1: is that that's a good question. Um the spiritual side of it. I mean, the first thing that comes to my mind is uh that pleasure, I think is sometimes considered a bad word that like w- we shouldn't experience pleasure. We should, you know, we need to work hard, we need to go 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 and do Um, And, like, pleasure is, like, a thing that sinners do. Like, pleasure is a thing that is, like, forbidden. I think sometimes especially for women. And so uh, with pleasure, like, and I'm talking about sexual pleasure, so stimulating the clitoris, stimulating the vagina, stimulating the genitals or non-genitals, the breasts, the body in general. Uh, But also non-sexual pleasure, like pleasure of eating really good meal or having a bath or getting a massage or walking on the beach or like doing something that brings you pleasure in your body, but not necessarily in your genitals. And so uh, I think sometimes um, we as people uh, don't see that, that as important, but that is like a huge importance in our lives. Like it's something that we have to do for ourselves, right. not just the, the the working and the doing and the non pleasurable stuff. So as a as a doctor of internal
0: medicine, and and because you do viva la Volva, which we'll get into, all the aspects of what viva la vulva is. How does that differentiate when you are speaking with a patient in, like, a, your regular doctor's life, <laughs> hospital, you know, urgent care, but, what, yeah. clinic, whatever, you know, what? how does that... Is there a difference in how you speak to them and how you explain things to them when it comes to the internal medicine side of um, women's health and sexuality than... Levolva, which is a little bit more on the creative,
1: <laughs> yes. open side. Yeah. Um, that's also a good question. I do speak to patients a little differently. I am a part of a health system, and there are certain protocols, and there are certain things that we can and can't say to people, and so I think that I take that into account. Um, as I am talking to patients, Um, but what also happens is I do give some information to women. So in, uh, for example, uh, when a woman comes in, because I'm in the urgent care setting, so when a woman comes in and talks about uh, she has a recurrent yeast infection or she has like some vaginal itching or irritation or some discharge, i'm talking to her about are you having sex first of all are you having sex with men women or both Um, are you using protection all the time sometimes never Um, and what types of things are you using in and around your vulva are you using condoms are you using certain lubricants are you using um, certain body lotions or washes to wash the area are you douching so these are questions that i have because it helps me to assess like Uh, is this person being exposed to a potential irritant to their vagina, or are they um, having like a pH imbalance, and that's causing them to have a bacterial vaginosis infection? Um, I'm telling them like the right mm, lubricants to use or what ingredients to avoid uh, for their vulva. Um, So in terms of the medical aspect, I'm not talking about like the I'm not telling patients that they have eight thousand nerve endings in their yeah. clitoris, <laughs> even though if someone asks, I will say that. You know, that's like not, that's that's a it's information. It's facts, um, but I am giving more information about what. Yeah, asking about what products that they're using um, in and around the area to see if it is causing them to have this recurrent yeast infection or BV infection or. UTI or what have you
0: is there um anything that you can name for people to to know that it's probably not the best thing for them to use
1: KY (laughs) KY is not a good lubricant to use I figured that one out a long time ago (laughs) Astroglide is another one that isn't good to use so these products have something called propylene glycol in it they also have glycerin in it um, propylene gly- glycol can affect the pH balance of the vagina, um, and glycerin can break down into sugar, and sugar within the vagina, sugar, um, yeast love sugar, bacteria love sugar, um, so you can be um, put yourself at risk of getting certain infections, recurrent infections using these products.
0: Okay, so what about the use... Okay, so what are the products that you do recommend in the lube side of things?
1: Um, So I recommend um, Uber Lube is a good one. Um, Good Clean Love is another good one that's like it's organic. It's good products. I've actually used it for myself. I don't necessarily like it but because there's like a certain sensation that I don't like with it. Um, but every woman is a little different in terms of, like, what agrees with their body and what doesn't. Um, so, Good Clean Love is another good one that has good products in it. Okay. Um, so, I said Uber Lube and Good Clean Love. Those are some good ones. Yeah. And do
0: they affect, because, so, some women, like, I'm allergic to uh, spermicide, spermicidal stuff okay what do you you call it spermicide yeah spermicide okay on in condoms like i have to always like use if i have sex i use the one without the lubricant or i'll get or you know or i'll have an allergy yeah to it Mm -hmm. um is there any condoms at the same time that you would suggest to use that have the the spermicidal lubricant And then the ones that don't, with the right like combination lube. I know it's. I know that's a very like. (laughs) It's it's almost (laughs) like I just asked you the algebra of like protection.
1: (laughs) Um. So, all right, you're asking: Is there any condoms that I would recommend in combination with either a a spermicide or? Well, like if,
0: like if so, for me, like because I'm, I'm allergic to
1: that. The spermicide. Spermicide. Yeah, uh-huh. what condom would be like the best for me? Mm, I think you almost need to try it out yourself. Um, in terms of like, I haven't done a lot of research in the condom area, um, so I don't know what exactly. I mean, besides latex, and if you're allergic to latex, and that's you know another conversation, but. Um, I don't know specifically what uh is in condoms that is causing you to have the or like the combination. So I haven't done a lot of research in the condoms or the spermicide, but I know most spermicides give it's like an irritant for the oh, so it's and a common thing. It's a common thing, yeah. Spermicide is a common thing to be a vaginal irritant.
0: So um I'm a big like believer of coconut oil. Like I had coconut oil in my life. Okay. <laughs> my, For all types of things. Yeah, you like cook you, with it. You no, know. I don't cook with it. Oh, you I don't, cook don't with it. I don't eat it. Okay. I don't cook with it. Okay. But I do like use it as a lotion. I put it in my hair. I masturbate with it. <laughs> I, I I carry it in packets, like just in case I need <laughs> if I cuticle what my cuticles, whatever. Like yeah. I, I'm a big believer of, of Of using coconut oil and then also for lube but i was told many people say that you should not combine coconut oil and condoms
1: yes um yes the reason why is because uh coconut oil and condoms are not good in terms of like the friction of them it can cause micro tears within the condom and you can potentially get pregnant or you know, con- contract an STI sexually transmitted infection, um, so they're not good to use in combination. Um,
0: okay, you, you said something that was interesting. I, I've been hearing that term. it's like the, it's like the new politically correct way of saying STD. it's now called STI. Yes. what was the difference? Why did they choose to, to change that up?
1: hmm um okay so what i know is disease is considered like a a process so usually a disease in terms of like the medical world is like a list of things like a disease is a a list of things um for example can i give an example covid 19 covid (laughs) (laughs) coronavirus it's on everyone's mind um COVID virus, yes, can cause a, mm, can it cause a disease? I guess it can cause a pneumonia. Um, uh, but it, it, infection, yeah, so disease is more like a, a, a list of symptoms and signs, like a list of symptoms that you have. And it's usually, um, it can um, incorporate a lot of different systems, like organ systems within it infection is just an infection like you have um you're infected with a certain type of either bacteria or virus or um fungus and so which can either be treated or not treated um so i think it's just more it's more correct and we've been moving towards the use of sti versus std i think it's also because um of the um what do you call stigma stigma behind std i think sti maybe sounds a little bit better it does sexually transmitted infection versus sexually transmitted disease no it totally does yeah um and yeah and most infection most not all but most infections can be treated right Mm -hmm.
0: okay so these are all like really good things to know because i know a lot of women don't they're they're confused. I mean, it's not like unless you're sitting there and you're like, wiki, you're Wikipediaing it and like Googling it, which is not the best thing to do.
1: No, uh, oh my god, because <laughs> I would tell you that half, <laughs> maybe no, like half of the patients that come in to see me have already consulted Doctor Google, or Doctor Wikipedia, or Doctor whoever online. And they're gonna die. Like that—that that is their <laughs> conclusion. Their conclusion is they're going to die, and they want to know how long they have. And I'm like, first of all, don't look that information up. There's a lot of good information on online, but there's also a lot of bad information. And I feel like for patients, uh, without the medical background, without the medical knowledge, they can get lost in like what is good information, what is bad information. So I tell people not to to go online, um, but people are going to do it anyway. Yeah, I mean, I've had, like, probably every disease <laughs> yeah. because of online.
0: Like, yeah. every disease. I had the plague back from, like, the 1700s. I'm sure, yeah. <laughs> like, that's, like, <laughs> eradicated from the <laughs> earth, but you <laughs> yeah, still had it. Yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> um, no, that's so that's good. And then, um, so so I appreciate you, like, kind of shedding light on that because I think it's very important to know about, like – the different types of lubes and then like the different types of combinations. And basically it's about pH, your, your own pH balance and what you, you know, what each individual can take. And then again, with the coconut oil, a lot of people I know use it. And I do think it's an amazing alternative, especially for masturbation or if you have a partner that you don't use protection with. Yeah. It's.
1: Yeah. You can use it as a lubricant.
0: Yeah. Because it never dries up.
1: Yeah. Ever. (laughs) (laughs) And the other thing I want to say is I think that there are also women that are like, I don't use lube. Like, I'm just supposed to get naturally wet. And, yes, our vaginas are equipped to lubricate naturally. But there's also sometimes where you need a little extra boost. And, like, that's okay. You know, like, that's all right to do. Um, It's not a... uh, end of the world thing to use something you know a, an external product product that's going to help with enhancing your pleasure well
0: i i never even i never thought that women would ever i mean I, obviously i we I, we know that we can get wet but like if you're having a marathon sex session with your partner then you know it's gonna dry up eventually <laughs> it might yes if yes
1: it will or it might and so you have something on the side and I would also like to say that you can also listen to your vulva and your vagina and that if it isn't getting wet then that can also mean something about the partner that you're with that you're not attracted to them in a certain way or you're not filling them at that time or like you know like th- that could also be a cue a a sign for like what is going on between you and this other person
0: so that's more on the emotional spiritual yeah which always affects the physical yes yeah right.
1: listening to the vulva listening yeah. to like if it's getting wet or not getting wet right mm-hmm
0: I've also heard, and I personally have experienced physical, when I've been with somebody, um, like a partner for a long time, and I knew it was kind of at the end of our relationship, I've experienced physical pain, where my body's literally rejecting the person, hmm. but habitually it's already there, so... That's a really good point for people to, you know, yeah. listen, listen to your body because it's really connected to your emotions.
1: It is, yeah. And I learned that from um, a teacher of mine. Uh, her name is Sierra Sullivan. She's the Pussy Oracle that I've talked about on, like, my podcast where she did a reading of my vulva. She actually does reading of vulvas and um she gave me some information but we we also spoke for a while and she would talk about this you know listening to listening to her listening to her when she did a, does that mean she opened Okay the so she <laughs> it was a virtual it was so she like she was <laughs> looking into like the... it was a virtual reading so okay. i sent pictures of my vulva to her privately and she looked at these pictures and she was able to almost like a, a palm reading, almost like iridology, you know, like there's certain yeah. things that people can do and give you information on your life. And so like, what better way than a vulva? Like a vulva can give you a lot of information. Yeah. Wh- you would, or you would think it, would, it can give you, give you a lot of information. And when I did the actual reading, it did give me a lot of information. So
0: that's <laughs> I'm like a little I'm a little mind blown. I, that's really cool. I've yeah. We have to kind of probably like repeat. Ooh, we had, might like, yeah. Like her name and how to get in touch with her. Do. You, because I because I want to get into the Volva, but I kind of now just am like, how, do you want to share a little bit? I mean, it doesn't have to be in detail about you know what your Volva like the the history, the future, the past, the present. What's going to happen tomorrow? yeah. Vulva, yeah. But, like, can you explain a
1: little bit about how she read it? Yeah, I can give some information. Okay. And actually, I did it um, when I was uh, on my podcast on Which, the Viva Witches? La Vova podcast. On the Viva La Vova podcast, I did give some information about what she read. So I'm open with talking about it. Oh, and where can and where can we like find it? Um, so you can go on to Spotify, uh, iTunes, iHeartRadio and, um, it's Viva La Vulva is under there and I'm the only Viva La Vulva podcast. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Um, but she is, um, okay. So what my vulva told me through her, uh, was that I need to do more dancing, more movement of my hips. And so that came in the form of actual dancing. I love salsa dancing. Uh, yes, she, I know. Francesca, Francesca knows.
0: I know. I know. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, I'm <laughs> immediately my my neck starts hurting.
1: I'm like, I know, I know. <laughs> and um, and so she encouraged me to do more movement on my hips, and also like being in water more. So that can also move your hips, your body. Um, dancing can also do it. And so it was a uh, needing to do that. Um, another thing was that uh, talking about like the path that I'm on. So there's something that I um, want to do. I mean, she didn't know what my uh, what what I did, you know, she knew I was a doctor, she knew I was doing Viva of vulva. Um, but she tapped into you are put on this earth to do something that is like against the ordinary, like something that's like a little um, talking about things that are a little taboo that people aren't necessarily willing to talk about all the time um, and doing it in a way that is like creative. And so I feel like that's what Viva La Volva is. It's, it's talking about female sexuality, which can be very taboo. There's some shame and there's some embarrassment around it. Um but how can we talk about how can I talk about it in a way that like encourages women to have this conversation or men to ask questions about it so um, so yeah, like those were some things that came also, from she like the...
0: she really does like read like it's not like she's like reading. Like the lines within. She
1: was. She was reading lines. So that she was like, okay, you have a line in this part of your labia, like in between your labia majora and minora. You have the straight line, and then the another. There's another part. There's like movement of it, and so that's where she talked about like you need to move your hips more. Like she was saying that there's a lot. There's some rigidity. There's like some. Um, Like a blockage? uh, Maybe not a block. Or maybe it is a block. Like something that is like hold it. Like you feel like you need to be straight up. Like you need to be straight and narrow. But there's a part of you that wants movement and like wants flexibility and wants things to like flow naturally. And so um, that's where she was talking about the the dancing. Hmm. So she was actually looking at it and interpreting stuff from it so it was the lines and the colors and the hues and the all of that stuff from it that's yeah. so cool yeah. so yeah.
0: Did, did you do this prior to fi- like being the founder creator of viva la Volva la which is kind of now viva la Volva. SF, and then it's and going to be on. Yeah, yeah, and it's going to keep pushing into other areas yes. where you combine really like education with about female sexuality, yeah, and the vagina, the vulva, um, with art and and you know, create creative life force.
1: Yeah, yeah. So the question is, like, did you did you did get I get this before you did this? So I actually met her. When I was planning the first exhibit in downtown LA, mm-hmm. um, there was, which I wanted is. to do, so it was in March of 2018, which was the first one, and um, I was, I wanted to bring on panelists, I wanted to bring on other people that were medical professionals, so sex therapists, OBGYNs, primary care doctors, as well as the more like esoteric, the more holistic side. Um, the, she considers herself a pussy oracle. Um, I had artists that were on the panel. So it was bringing in artists or bringing in panelists. And um, someone introduced me to her. Um, she was excited to be on the panel. And before she was on the panel, she was telling me about what she does uh, one of those was she does these. She's starting to do these like readings, and so I was like, I want to, you know, like do it on me. You know, like I want to be um, a guinea pig and see what comes out of it. And so she was like, okay, if you're willing to be a guinea pig, then I'm willing to do it. And so that's that's how it came about.
0: Oh wow! Okay, yeah. so it, it was like a one. It was a combo. Like you, you were inspired. You started. You were in pre-pro. To do Viva La Vova LA. Yes. And then you ended up meeting her and then... And then it happened, okay. yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, so, what was the inspiration for Viva La Volva? Um,
1: So, the and, inspiration... And also, and
0: also explain it to people so they know that, like, you know, what it entails. Because it's 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 such an amazing uh, organization, organization production like what you do with it is, mm. is because you do several things there's seven there's several there are components. yes
1: there are several things and thank you um <clears throat> the inspiration behind it I would say is a couple fold so one of the inspirations was when I was young like it was almost doing stuff for myself like when I was younger when I was a teenager young adult I was going to different places. I was going to, you know, um, uh, doctor's offices and I was asking questions about how can I get more pleasure? Like, how can I have an orgasm? How can I, um, I just had questions for my provider. It was usually a doctor and I feel like most of the doctors did not want to have the conversation. It was like, okay, let's test you for STDs. Uh, let's, I mean, you know, give you birth control, and that was like the conversation, like that was it. And so I had always wanted to be that doctor that women and men can come to and have questions that are quote unquote sensitive, talking about their genitals, um, and be able to answer those questions in like an honest way that provides some evidence um, towards the questions that they have. second uh when i was in medical school and in residency um there was a lot of information about men's sexual health so erectile dysfunction uh premature ejaculation like there's information you know viagra cialis all of these you know you could just give a pill and all of a sudden it'll just start working um but for women it was a little bit different and it's like okay well we don't have a pill we don't have a magic pink or blue or whatever pill Um, so like what can we do or what resources can I give this person if they're having an issue with orgasm or um, lack of libido or what have you and so I felt like I needed to get this information and so I've found that there's sex therapists that are out there there's pelvic floor physical therapists that are out there there's all these resources that are available to women um, but I think that they're not emphasized very much like I didn't know what a pelvic floor physical therapist was I know what a physical therapist was but a pelvic floor physical therapist I didn't know what that was until residency I didn't hear about it in medical school and I I had to get that information on my own I've never I mean I've never heard of that
0: either the only the way my brain would work is yoga (laughs) <laughs> no, because you have yoga to use before. your pelvic. You have to use your pelvic floor a lot of, especially um, in an ashtanga or like harder types of yoga where you're lifting yourself up. You have to
1: squeeze. Mm, so yeah, that's
0: the only I would. I never would think about that. Yeah,
1: yeah. And so, what a pelvic floor physical therapist does is they ass- assess the muscles of the pelvic floor, and the pelvic floor is everything that holds up your bladder, that holds up your uterus. Um, it can change during pregnancy. It can change during menopause. Um, it can help you to experience better orgasms. It can help you to do, to help with incontinence, urinary incontinence, which is a big thing for many women that don't talk about it. Oh yeah. Well, that's been, I mean, it's been happening to me. (laughs) I mean, it's not like, but it's
0: not like I just like pee my pants. It's like I, I pee and then I have to like, and then I wipe and I get up and then I'm like, ah shit, I have to pee again. So like. And I'm 41. Yeah. So it started happening like around 39. I'm like, why, why am I ping twice? Yeah. It's such. Just, just like drizzle. And yeah. I've never had
1: kids. Yeah. And I have a strong pelvic floor. Yeah. So, I mean, like <laughs> pelvic floor physical therapists are there and they're a resource for women if they are experiencing that incontinent. Yeah. All of those things. Um, but many people don't know about it. Many people don't know about it. So... Um, there are just uh, so many resources. And I, I think from my standpoint, I wanted to create Viva La Vulva, um to put those resources out there. And what I've been trying or what I have been focusing on when I do these art exhibits in different cities. So it has been L.A. and then uh, Francesca helped me with co-curate the exhibit in San Francisco. And then it's going to continue after that. Um, is my, my goal is to bring in, uh, resources from the community of, you know, OBGYNs, primary care doctors, uh, sex therapists, pelvic floor physical therapists within that community. So women or people could be able to call this person up or make an appointment with them to see, to help them, to help them. And
0: then, so what was the, so why... Because obviously that's your background, it's medical, and and it's it's an amazing thing that you want to like give this give this to women that really wouldn't know where to begin, if if they didn't check it out, yeah. you know if they didn't hear about it, mm. which is interesting because I think a lot of the women that wouldn't are the ones that wouldn't check it out are the ones that go for the art and the artists and like the, the exhibition type of portion and yeah. then they get more information, information. about their bodies and mm. they stay and they yeah. listen and 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 things like that. So what was the like inspiration to actually include Do the, the creative part mm. of it?
1: Well, and that's also a couple of things. My um uh, I have several artists in my family. My dad's a big one, my brother also is a big artist and so um I think that you I've I've grown up within art, or art has surrounded me throughout much of my life, um, I also know that art can be a means of healing, like, art can, uh, I was just thinking about this, art, a picture can tell you a thousand words, right, like, a, a picture is worth a thousand words, more than what I can tell you, I can portray it on, like, an actual image of something, and so I feel like art can also, um, help to stir up this conversation about sexuality um and it can be healing and it can give you a lot more information than like what we can say on the walls or what we can say in a panel or um, people can be touched in a certain way by art because um, I know that like myself like I have enjoyed seeing art I don't I'm not an artist so I haven't like um, painted or uh, I don't draw or anything like that but I am a, a lover of art and so I feel like those two things putting the art world plus the medical world together um, can say a lot more than doing one or the other separately right mm-hmm. so
0: I have sexual alchemy healing arts which is um, workshops and private sessions with a lot of people that have gone through sexual trauma um, and have an or toxic shame that they carry or PTSD from it. And the reason I started doing that was to out, like to kind of transmute sexual energy into creative energy, because in reality it is the same. It is the same. Se- sexual energy energy is your chi is your life force. And, birth, like women, we give birth to life. Yeah. So even if you don't have a kid, you can give birth to your creative purpose. And our mission is like turn trauma into power. Mm. Like use it in ways where you can integrate it, you know, into your life and find something that you can focus on and put it like, put it in. Whether it's writing, painting, magic, whatever
1: what, yeah. what have you yeah you know mm-hmm. so and the and and uh to go along with that the um the different chakras like the sacral chakra is like that is it's creativity it's pleasure like that chakra is surrounded by that type of energy the creative the creative part um so it's not just sex but it's like it's yeah it can give birth birth literal birth or phys, you know uh, um um or the other type of birth to creativity. Well, it create, yeah, you create, yeah.
0: You, mm-hmm. you, you create what's inside of you or what you need to release to, in order to kind of move forward yeah. and be mm-hmm. okay. Because mm-hmm. I think the main thing with uh, women especially, and, and, and actually with men too, is toxic shame. Carrying around pre-conditioned, antiquated beliefs ancestral karmic DNA that if you're not doing it this way or if you're not doing it that way or if you don't have this at this moment there's this or if you like this kink or if you you know happen to like both sexes or interested in that kind of porn or whatever it is people really are carrying shame surrounding these things that now psychologists are proving to be, like, um kind of a release. Like, uh kink is a release. It's, it's good for people that have had trauma. BDSM. There's a trust factor in these, yeah. in this, two, like, two-way situation. You know, my whole love of shibari. Yeah. And then I believe it's a form of meditation. So I think that, I do think that the world is opening up a little bit more to alternative method like methods of 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 healing yeah um through artistic performance through art through and then learning really the psycho like the psychological and the um health benefits
1: yeah yeah i mean like there there is so much that we don't know like there's uh to go along the talking about women's sexuality, there's uh, there's not a lot of research on it, so there's not a lot of information that we know about it. I mean, women have been um, squirting, having female ejaculation for thousands of years. And we have still done some studies, but not all studies, to show that it's actually. I mean, there's still uh, disagreements about whether it's urine or whether it's not urine. I mean, like, that is in 2020. We're still trying to figure out that, that question. So, like, I know that, or I can um, hypothesize, not even necessarily hypothesize, but I can th- think that Shabari, which is new to me. This Japanese rope tying thing that um, I've heard about before, but I've never actually, like, seen and experienced. I've never experienced it yet, but I do. But um, it, it does seem like there's so much that can be released when you're tied up like that. Like, you have to trust this person that is doing it because that's, like, what if something happens? You know, like, what if you have a panic attack or what if you have some type of anxiety? Like, oh, I can't get out of this, this you no, know, you're, you're you, <laughs> you. That person has to physically
0: move you, and you're stuck. The thing about it is that it's like uh, it's like moksha. It's like you're you're bound, you're bound physically, but you're liberated mentally because you have to just accept it and embrace it and sit. Mm, yeah. So there's like this. There's like a liberating feeling of, and that's when you go into that meditation. And some people just like it for exhibition stuff and you know other other reasons, but yeah, it's yeah, a, it's a a huge healing art form.
1: Yeah, and I and I can see like I can see that that can be the case, but I'm I mean I'm sure there's no person anytime soon that's going to be like oh let me do some research on Japanese shibari and let me see, you know, put these people who have had trauma and let me see if they are better after they've been tied up. For- <laughs> well, I was just
0: thinking, I was literally just thinking of you like with your like doctor's notepad
1: and just going and writing and just being like, <laughs> so maybe see, what, they're I like, should they're
0: do like, it. So three shibari sessions
1: and then paint. Mm. I want you to paint yes. with acrylic. <laughs>
0: Here's
1: it'll cure you. Yes, this will be your prescription for your trauma that you <laughs> that you have. Yeah, I mean, you know, like that is. I think that is what I want to go to. Like, I I do want to get to a point where because I I've read in so many. I I'm also like a big astrology person that I like I read my astrology and I. I believe it because I think it's interesting, um, but a lot of uh, things that pointed towards me doing something that is sacred to me, like doing a calling that is sacred to me. And I feel like this is a calling, you know, like a, a lot of women... Um, don't know about their bodies, like they've never looked with the mirror at their vulva and been, you know, like and and looked at it and like appreciated it. Like a lot of women look at it and they're like ashamed by it, like it's ugly. I want some surgery. There's freaking. There's um, um, there's vulvoplasties that happen hey, now. What like do there's you think plastic about surgery. That. I hate it. I hate it. it it's 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 um. It's talking about, like, there's only a couple types of vulvas that are attractive, and um, there's been studies to show that even if a woman were to do a vulvoplasty or do vaginal rejuvenation is what it's called, even if they were to do... Wait, what's
0: the difference between... Wait, what's the difference between the one that you can, like, plastic surgery or, like, lips to be... The one way and then t- and then the one that you tighten
1: your pussy. the okay so vaginal reju- rejuvenation is the one that's tightening it so and, the, and you, you do that vagina. with a, like a thing right like a prod uh, there's some surgery <laughs> there's some surgery that plastic surgeons will do to, and maybe some OBGYNs and urologists anyone that's kind of trained in that area can do these surgeries And so um, vaginal rejuvenation is tightening the vagina. And then vulvoplasty is like changing the lip size. So whatever, you know, to make them smaller and hang less. Um, But every vulva is different. It's just like a fingerprint. Like every vulva is unique to the owner of it. Um, And so to... To shame it and to say that like yours is not pretty or attractive um, is not a good message for women and there's also been studies to show that it doesn't enhance pleasure it doesn't yeah it doesn't make it more pleasurable I would think you lose pleasure you might like there any type of surgery that you do any type of surgery anywhere on your body you have risks involved. You can get an infection. You can get loss of sensation. You can get certain things. So even women that get um, nipple rings, they can get loss of sensation after a while of having it just because they've um, sometimes deadened the nerves within their nipple. Um, It's the same with the surgery that happens within the vulva or the vagina. You You can cut off. You don't see nerves when you're doing a surgery. You can cut off those major nerves um, that supply, you know, pleasure to certain areas of your vulva or vagina. And so, yes, it can affect your sensation. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, not getting it, can it. It. I'm yeah. not getting
0: it done. I was just having a mental picture of it, and then I was – and then I went into my own trauma <laughs> of thinking about it. Yeah. Um, let me see what else. Um, so, oh, the last thing is, um, we could talk about uh, your like a little bit of the the sacred woman in Egypt. And but I before that I kind of I'm an avid squirter, <laughs> like an avid snap, snap. Like, <laughs> like like like. Like I've, like I'm, it's, um, it's multiple mm-hmm. and I will ruin anything that I touch. Yeah. Like I will ruin <laughs> walls and beds and like, basically like you're going to have to get like a, a special sheet and like maybe a tarp and like, so like, yes. and then like hire painters the next day. <laughs> so, yes. um. How how many people like have how many women have you like come across that first of all admit it like like that or have they don't have they don't understand that actually any woman can do it um and don't and have have, have like kind of questions about the, their ability to orgasm because there's so many different types of orgasms you can have the internal the the you know the one with the clitoris and then
1: what's like. I mean, people say that there's different types of orgasms, like vaginal or clitoral or uterine or nipple. I mean, you have a lot of different orgasms. Um, um, But what I know, and different people will define orgasms differently, but it's an involuntary release of sexual tension. It's oh. an involuntary release of sexual tension, so I mean, if you use that um, definition that was actually from the book "Come as You Are" by Emily Nagoski, um, that can include squirting, yeah, because it's it's sexual tension and you're releasing it. Sometimes it can be voluntary, sometimes it can be involuntary. So yeah, um, so but yes, I do believe um, that all women have the ability to do it um in terms of like what i've come across um not a lot of women will admit to to being able to squirt really Mm -mm. god (laughs) um yeah i feel like it's almost i feel like it maybe i won't say that but like yes i feel like every woman has the ability to do it I do you feel like it's really a comfort
0: factor of like your how comfortable you are with your body? Yes. And and yeah, and how yeah. comfortable you are with sex.
1: Yes. And how comfortable yeah, how comfortable you are with the other person. because um, I think that many women feel. And I even felt this way cuz so I can also do it. And um actually I want to do I actually want to do a a teaching on Squirting, because I feel like it's it would be great to do. Totally, yes, I'll, I would be there. <laughs> I would. I could be like, <laughs> I could be
0: the person. That, like demonstrate. Demonstrate, and then it'll be like a Gallagher show where yes. like everyone has to wear raincoats <laughs> while like while they're there yeah, because.
1: <laughs> And he pushed back in her seat, <laughs> all the way to the everybody bottom. step like seven feet away, you know, like a, there's a seven foot or however, <laughs> 10 foot she's radius gonna, around you. She's so. gonna blow, <laughs> <laughs> but um, I, yes, I do believe that every woman can do it. Um, I, I'll, yes, I think that you have to feel comfortable in your body and also feel like because usually what it feels like is you're gonna pee. It feels like you're going to pee. And And sometimes you do pee. And sometimes you do pee, yes. I mean, the studies have shown, uh, some of the studies that are done, but they do show that part of it is urine, actually, you know, urine. Um, And sometimes it can smell like that. But in terms, but I do believe that every woman can do it. And you also have to feel comfortable with your partner. So. You have to pee beforehand. I usually recommend peeing beforehand, so you're you don't feel like you have the urge to pee because usually you don't need to pee for based on how much water you've drinking. You know, like an hour or a couple. It usually is a little bit of time. Um, so as you if you pee beforehand and also get like a towel or something down, there's so you actually, feel like you're sport not. squirt sheets.
0: Yes, I've heard that about we, that. I've had I had because of the. Ruining. Of yes. Of things. Of yeah. things. <laughs> <laughs> Mattresses, Mattresses. and <laughs> Couches. Whatever. All no, that. We, yeah. So we bought. We actually bought a a sheet. Okay. And it absorbs everything. Yeah. And you can wash it. And you can have. You know, you could take it to your wash and fold. And have them wash it. And wrap it back up for you. Which is really, really always fun. Yeah. <laughs> for them.
1: <laughs> yeah. So there's a lot of things that are out there. That can help to calm your you know, worries or fears down. Um, but I feel like those are like the two big things that you can do um, to feel a little bit more comfortable, but it's feeling comfortable with the partner and feeling comfortable well, with what your body. If you, what if you squirt alone when you're masturbating? Okay, do it. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> more power to you. No, not, I, wasn't, I wasn't asking permission. <laughs> I'm just saying that if you can squirt alone... You know, you can squirt with your part your your prospective partner. I mean, it really yes. depends on your mental state of whoever you're with and if you wanna give that to them. I think that's also a precious thing to give. I think an orgasm is a precious to have an mm-hmm. orgasm with someone else is a precious thing. You can have casual sex or be in a relationship where it's just friends, whatever you wanna call it and you you, I won't like. I personally wouldn't allow myself to come with just anyone. Mm, it's mm-hmm. to me that's more sacred than
1: the the act, even though of squirting,
0: no, of fucking.
1: Mm, I see. Yeah. Okay. Like if I
0: have to, as now that I've gotten older, to me, I think that you know I'm more particular of who I would give my energy to. Yeah. What energy I'm taking in. Yeah. And, um, if I, if I would choose someone that I'm not with to actually have sex with, which is now very, you know, few and far between rather than when I was like in my twenties mm-hmm. and, you know, in high school, yeah, um, like I know that I, they're going to get something very special. If it was just something that was like a one night stand, which that wouldn't happen anyway, I would never... <laughs> open up the floodgates for them because i don't think that they it's just to me it's more of like a hey buddy you here's this is like a reward congrats <laughs> congratulations congratulations you've
1: uh hit this next level with yeah. francesca and here you go <laughs> it's like playing it's like playing super mario brothers here's
0: your fries yeah no so like So, if you can squirt with someone else, you can squirt masturbating.
1: Mm, Okay. Well, let me tell you. um, I'll give you some information about when I learned how to. It was with a partner. So, I learned how to do it with a partner before I did it by myself. Now, I'm able to do it by myself. But it had... Not it had to be. But that's that's the way it was. It was with a partner. So, um... I mean, you can probably do it on your own. After you've experienced it with someone else. I mean, not necessarily. That was my journey. But, like, everyone is a little bit different.
0: Yeah, no. I For me, it was the same thing. I experienced with it with somebody else. Mm-hmm. And, then, and, and then it took almost a 15-year gap to experience it again. And then now I can do it on my own. Mm, yeah. So <clears throat> it doesn't have to be necessarily with someone. Someone, I think yeah. it's, it has to do. I think once you experience it, you can kind of almost, start,
1: you know, you what, can, like what it feels like. You know, kind of where it's coming from. You know, like what sensation or like what pressure you need in order to do it for yourself. You're able, like you now know how to do it for yourself. Right. Yeah, yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, have you done any research or tried this? The new thing about the CBD um, lube. You
1: know what I'm talking about? <laughs> so I'm a big proponent about uh, CBD. And I actually have um, a, a friend of mine who owns a company called Metamore. It's an online sex sexual wellness company. Well, yeah, that was one of the company. Yeah. And she has a product called... Uh, Bella De Amor C B D lube. And yeah, C B D has been used for so many things. You know, we're in California, so THC and C B D are being used a lot. I mean C B D is being used in many different places. Um, but I do feel like it helps with calming down, relaxing certain tissues.
0: The i t- the this is the one that you rub on um, like the one that you use as lube, not
1: taking being no it's not ingested it's like put on topically so it's put on the vulva and the vagina before sex Uh, i mean i mean it could be used during sex but um it's used yeah and it heightens it does heighten the experience yeah Mm -hmm. okay so all right a little bit more sensitive yeah because yeah. I haven't tried that. You haven't yet. tried it. I know.
0: I haven't tried that one yet. But I've heard such great things of like. I mean, I don't. I don't need it. But I, you know, with that. If I, you want, yeah. If you want, hands. <laughs> like, I, don't, I don't know what's going to happen. I, I don't know what's going to happen when I sit down just regularly. <laughs> like you know, no, it's just something that like is an alternative um, method for yeah. people that really have issues orgasming as well. Yeah. And then um what what are you seeing
1: with Viva La Volva
0: next?
1: Mm, that's a good question. And I see so much with it. Like I see more art exhibits in different places and so New York, I've been thinking about New York as a next step. Um I actually connected with many people when I did my um um trip to Egypt. And, um, a lot of them live in New York and I talked about people of Volva, and they're like, Oh, I know, you know, a gallery or I know a person that was sponsor, or I know so many things. Um, so I think, uh, New York will be the next step. Um, I'm going to continue doing podcast episodes and bringing on different perspectives about the vulva. So whether it's, um, sex therapist or, we're talking about different products to use in and around the area. Um, yeah, the podcast is another one. Um, it's just, it's it's so much. Like, it's doing talks, doing discussions, leading, maybe squirting um, <laughs> works, <laughs> workshops. Yeah, the sky, the sky is the limit when it comes to this. Because I feel like it's, it's an area where um, people are excited about the information, want the information, um, and it's coming from many it's coming from sources, but it's not coming from that many resources. You know, right. your pot you know, you starting this podcast or restarting it, um, is one of them. Like there's there's different places where people are getting information. Um uh, but I feel like there's so much information that can be shared. Right. There's so much information. <clears throat>
0: like with the well, I started the podcast after I started uh the workshops and I traveled those workshops to New York, San Francisco, Los Angeles, Miami, Vancouver, Chicago and to mine is more on the esoteric healing arts, aspect of alchemizing your sexuality mm-hmm. and the amount of energy that a lot of women especially and some men, uh, put on their partnerships and how that you can get lost in those things throughout, you know, the things that we have picked up and the way they were raised and environment, all that stuff. And so that was, like, my main focus is to really, like, open it up and kind of take away the shame and create through it and then talk about, talk, like like a normal human being to other people that can talk about it like normal human beings and just take away any kind of stigma so i i appreciate what you do so much because of that i love the fact that you put the art involved like involving with the health aspect which is something that i don't think that we see you know often mm-hmm. and i was very honored to be able to do it in San Francisco oh. when I was there. Yes. And I went to the first one here in L.A.
1: Yes. So, so you have experienced both. I've You're experienced experience, both. Yes. Yeah. And, I mean, I would love... We haven't talked about this, but, like, I would love to, like, open it up to more. So, I mean, if you are open to it, I'm New open, York open. and and other places, because, like, you rocked it. Like, the, like, I'm not a curator. Like, I'm not, you know, like, I don't even choose to be one but like I know what I like I know like uh aesthetically what I think is pleasing um but like you were able to put together many of the things that I didn't even think of or I didn't you know I didn't think of what would happen um. So I think that it was a great partnership, yeah, and yes, I would want it to take, continue. It takes, it takes a village. It takes a village. It takes a village. And like I know, I know for sure. I know for sure. I cannot do it myself, nor do I want to. Um. And to have other people that are aligned with the same thing, like they, they're passionate about it. They, they know the the benefit of it, the power of it. Um. To align with other people that that know that, like it's 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 more. It just makes it more powerful. Like I feel like it can grow very um, quickly with aligning with people that are on the same mission. Yeah.
0: I hope you enjoyed that episode and um, kind of giggled and laughed at our silliness as well as found out some really you know pertinent information about sexual health and um, resources that are out there that you might not have known about if it wasn't for uh, people like Dr. Karaquant and organizations like Viva La Volva LA and if you're interested in knowing more please visit their website at www.vivalavolvala.org. You can find them on Facebook, uh, the same handle, Viva LA, LA on Instagram, Viva la. LA. And uh, also, she hosts a great podcast that you can also find on iHeartRadio, Spotify, iTunes any um, podcast platform and as well as on her website so if you just go to bevalavala. or org, sorry um, and go under podcasts you can uh, find out some cool information with some interesting artists and health practitioners um, signing off for now and we'll be back next week peace